Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. I have a wonderful author here today. Her name is Leanne Sparks. And I'm so interested in her books because crime thrillers are usually my go-to. So I'm really, really intrigued by her work. Hi, Leanne. How are you today? Hi. I'm great. Thanks. I'm so excited that you're here. And especially the fact that you're a fellow Texan girl. So... (laughs) (laughs) It's like we're a part of a group on our own. <laughs> we are we are a breed, are we not? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about your book. It's called Every Missing Girl, even though it's a second book in the Kendall Beck series. I want to kind of get to know all about Kendall, of course. But can you tell me about the book first? Yeah, it is the second book in the in the Kendall Beck thriller series, but it can be read as a standalone. The characters are the same from the first book, the, the main characters. It's not a continuation of the storyline. So it's completely okay. new storyline. So you don't have to know what, what happened. And and the important things that you do need to know from book one, I kind of sprinkle throughout. So it's not a complete data oh, dump okay. of the a retelling of the first story. You kind of get little bits and pieces that you just need. So you understand the characters a little bit more because in book one, my main character, Kendall Beck, who is an FBI special agent who works in the Crimes Against Children unit, meets and kind of unofficially becomes partners with a Denver homicide detective, Adam Taylor. So that was their first meeting. And now they're just really good friends. So in book two, we pick up where Kendall and Adam are at a crime scene where there's been a double homicide. And what brings Kendall into this is that there's a little girl that has been missing for months is at this crime scene. So she's brought in to figure out how this little girl fits into this double homicide. And from there, while they're trying to to solve that crime, Adam's niece goes missing. And so it kind of shifts over. Yeah. uh, yeah. So it kind of shifts over to, to that investigation and that becomes the main investigation because in real life, cops and FBI agents don't just have one case that they're working on. I try to, to show a little bit different case that they're working on, but they all kind of mesh together in some way. So, yeah, so so the remainder of the, the book is really about this search for the niece, Frankie. Her, her name's Francesca, but they call her Frankie because she's been missing. She went missing after a hockey game. That's kind of the, the whole thing and how they kind of work together. And in this one, whereas in book one, it was a homicide kind of investigation that Adam was kind of heading up and it was Kendall's roommate who was killed. This is definitively in Kendall's kind of wheelhouse as it's a missing child. And so being friends with Adam and being a part of his family, they've kind of adopted her in and knowing Frankie, she's really walking this really tightrope of, you know, being professional, but also having a personal stake in it and trying to keep Adam from going off the rails and keep him professional because he's not allowed to really be investigating it because He's too close to it. Right. So he his main focus is supposed to be the other double homicide. But of course, you know, 
Right. Of course, in, in fiction world, <laughs> he's going to be a part of the investigation. So it's really about finding out that there's secrets that are being that are in their family and Adam's family that are going to come to light um, and that could be part of the investigation and part of the reason that Frankie goes missing because they're not sure if she's run away or if she's been kidnapped. So that's kind of the determination they're trying to, to, to make there. And eventually these two cases will weave together and, and the reader will get to see how that kind of comes apart. I love reading things like this. This is such a, like a big puzzle and like a big thrilling ride. This is so cool. I was just wondering, how did this come about? Have you always wanted to write crime thrillers now that you're on this second book? Or how did it come about wanting to do a crime this heavy? I think it's fascinating. <laughs> well, so I, I worked in criminal defense. So I've always kind of had that criminal mindset. That sounds odd, but <laughs> I've I've been in, intrigued by that part of, uh, of law and crime. So when I decided that I no longer wanted to take the bar exam because my husband kept moving around to different states with the Navy, I told him, I said, I'm going back to my first love, which is writing. And he's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so it just so happened that we were living in Maryland at the time. And a friend of ours used to be the head of the criminal division in the FBI. And during oh, wow. his, yeah, during his sort of tenure there, that's when the, what is now called the Crimes Against Children Unit sort of came about. And so he was able to get me in to talk to agents and see what they really do and, and everything. And it was fascinated. I was fascinated from the get-go on this. And I thought this is such an important subject and and, mm -hmm. and and really needs to be out there more. We see it sometimes, you know, there's movies about people going abroad and getting kidnapped. It's kind of an icky subject, you know, people don't like to think about children getting kidnapped and, you know, potentially right. molested or put into situations where they become, you know, prostitutes and things like that. So I really did want Kendall to be a part of that unit. So as that, <laughs> I'm kind of stuck. That's that's the stories that I write, but that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that because I do think it's a very important kind of subject. And I like, so I grew up in Colorado. I wanted the setting to be Colorado. And Denver is a great city for that because there's two major interstates that go through there. And that is normally how children are transported. Traffic um, or, mm -hmm. right. So that made it easy. And, you know, I, I then I get to write about my beloved state, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're in putting all of those elements in the stuff that you that you love, but also interested in. And then the crime stuff, even as heavy as it is, it's still like our way of getting entertainment through these books. Yeah, a lot of people, I think, will definitely learn from something like this, even though it's also entertainment. I think it's important to kind of bring this to light that it truly does happen how was it writing this book even comparing to the first one because now that kindle she's moved forward since the mm -hmm. last one of course how was writing this book um it was difficult in different ways because the first book of course you're trying to introduce the characters so you're trying to get that right you're trying to get that nice balance there but because i knew her so well and adam and their relationship that part was easier to write. And there's a lot of 
sort of dark humor that I think goes hand in hand with law enforcement. They really feed off of each other. So they're kind of sarcastic and they're witty, but it is a dark, it's kind of a dark humor because mm-hmm. of the, the, the subject matter that they are working with, you know, children right. and homicides. I kind of like to have that balance of, of funny versus serious, because if you too serious, you're going to lose the reader. They're going to be like so depressed by the middle of the book. They're going to be like, I, I can't do it. So right. there has to be some some give and take there. I think it was really just trying to wrap my head around the the story that I was trying to tell. And with every, you know, thriller, mystery, you have to have the red herrings. So right. this one, uh, my usually mode of writing is I write about I, I write it and then I get to about the three quarter mark and there's something that's just not clicking. And so I trash like a quarter to a half of it and go back uh, and start <laughs> rewriting it again. And I don't know why it's just the thing I do with almost every book. <laughs> this one was a little bit different in that when I was plotting it out, I started writing it and then things would just kind of go just off work. a little wow. bit. Yeah. And so I, there was a lot of characters that came into it that I didn't originally have in there, but as I'm writing it, they just kind of showed up and I was like, Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. So that's <laughs> a good way to go with this. That's a good way to go with that. I can make it work all together. Probably the hardest part was the big twist at the end. There's a huge twist at the end. That even took me by surprise as I was writing it. I was like, Oh, well, <laughs> that, I didn't see that coming. So <laughs> So that was kind of fun. I'm a very much a big plotter when it comes to to writing. And this book was probably the least amount of plotting that I did early on and a lot of on-the-fly plotting as I was writing. I mean, it was still plotted (laughs) because I can't do anything by the seat of my pants. That's that's just not going to happen. But it it was very interesting to, to kind of let the story take on a life of its own. Right. I'm always curious how authors approach the big twist. Is it like something you plan from the very beginning? You're just waiting to get there as you write or how, like you said, it kind of comes to you and like sometimes even surprises you as an author. Us as readers are always like, what? How did you even come up with this? This is this is it. This is how it just kind of happens. I, I love hearing about that. <laughs> Well, I think it, it, there's two types of writers. There's the plotters, like I am, and what uh-huh. we call pantsers, which are they don't know anything about the story. They don't know. They just write it, and it comes to them, and it flows. Right. And I am super envious of that because most <laughs> of my time writing <laughs> is spent plotting, actually plotting. So I I plot a lot, like down to scenes that I barely – so when I start writing, it's not so much – about the writing, the right, the actual writing of the story is not the the main event for me. It's all about the plotting. I would say the endings, even when you're plotting it and you kind of know where you're going to go with it. Sometimes even as a plotter, you get like these surprise endings. Like I did, I thought that this was going to end a different way and it didn't. And it was kind of, I wasn't sure if I could actually do this kind of ending and my editor was not sure that I could do this kind of ending she's like oh I don't know about that so but it is it is a big twist yeah I think it 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 just really depends I mean usually I know where I'm going with it and where it's going to end for the most part but like I said as you're writing as a writer it just kind of 
things change. You have other things that come in that, and, but sometimes you also think that, that, oh, this is a great way to go. And you start going down and you get down into this rabbit hole and you can't, you're kind of stuck there and you're like, Oh, where do I go from here? So you got (laughs) to back out, knock out that storyline and then keep going and hopefully, you know, work in more, more storylines that don't take you down into places you can't write yourself out of. I'm wondering if when authors listen to this, they really compare themselves on how they plot out their books versus how you do it. I think it's it's so interesting how you approach the craft of this. This is so cool. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> it is. It's interesting because I, I'm very envious of the writers who have like very strict writing, like, you know, they wake up, they write for a certain amount of time, you know, and they, that is their job. They sit down, they can write and there is the same process every single time. Right. I am chaotic. Whatever. <laughs> no two books are written the same for me. I'm depending on where I feel comfortable. If it's up in my office, if it's downstairs in the, on the kitchen table, if I'm using the whiteboards exclusively, or I have, uh, you know, post-it notes all over the place. So it's really kind of how I do it. And it's funny when people say, so what is your writing style? And it's like, eh, well, I don't know. Let's see what depends. we, <laughs> what, it depends. And so that's why it's really funny when, well, it's not funny, but I, I question books by authors who I think are very well-meaning and say, here's how you write. Well, I think it's a good baseline for new writers to see, but I also think you've got to figure it out for yourself because no two writers write the same. There's no correct way. The only correct way is if you write and you get the the first draft done and you go back and you edit it, whatever your specific pattern of doing that and how you want to do that, that's specific to the writer. And so that is, that's how you write. So it's, it's a, it's, it's difficult, I think, for, for writers who are still trying to learn the craft and, and everything. And I do think that it is important to take classes, read, 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 because that is how you learn the craft of writing. Even if it's not something good, you learn from the less than stellar writing of some <laughs> and and you know and you learn from the people that are very good so it's very important but just know that no writer knows everything everybody has a different process thank you for that i i love hearing that period because i talk to a lot of authors and it's so interesting to hear how you approach it or how other people approach things. This is fascinating, absolutely. <laughs> but going back to every missing girl, ultimately, besides the entertainment of your book, what do you want people to get out of this book? Well, I think that there's definitely a strong message there that, you know, it doesn't matter who you are or or what's happening in your life. This sort of thing with um, children being kidnapped or um, trafficked, it can happen. I mean, yeah, they, they, they do tend to look for certain types of girls or mm-hmm. children who are maybe, you know, don't have a good home life. Um, they're looking for something because they're easily drawn in to somebody who's giving them attention and things like that. But it also, I believe, could be market-driven as in the types of children people are willing 
to pay money for, which is just sounds horrible. And that's, and, mm-hmm. and when you talk about it, it's like, Ooh, why would you ever want to write a book about that? And it's like, because it's an important, because it does topic. happen, right? It does happen. And, right. and I give all credit to um, the FBI people in this unit. It is a tough job. I don't know that I could, I mean, I get to take breaks when I'm writing about it. When it gets too much, I can take a step back. And I know in my head that this isn't real life for me. This is just what I'm manipulating and what I'm saying. And the story is real. The people aren't real. That's what makes it easier for me because as I'm writing, when something disturbing comes up and I'm like, Ooh, that's, that's going to get some people. It's because it's not because I think that that's really cool that a child's going to be hurt that way or or anything like that. It's because I, I don't, it, it's, it's writing. It's fictional, it's right. It's fictional. I know that these people are not actually getting into that. So it's a difference. Like if I'm watching it on TV and I have mm-hmm. a reaction that's, you know, I don't like it. It's scary and things like that and disgusting. But when you're writing it, you have that disconnect. But I right. ultimately, I want people to understand and to kind of learn, maybe learn more about it, learn, learn some ways that they can help the situation. There's a lot of organizations out there that, that help traffic kids and that need anything from volunteering to donations. So, and it's an important thing. I I think it's kind of swept under the, the, the rug a little bit because it is such a disgusting topic. Right. It's very sensitive. And, but to me, either you can, read the nonfiction or watch the ID channel or whatnot, or you can read something like this. Yes, you get entertainment, but there's a big message. What else can you tell me about you as an author, Leanne? We've, we've heard about you coming from Colorado. Now you're in Texas. Um, what else <laughs> can you tell in us? Between. <laughs> right? Well, so I was, I was born and raised in Colorado, married into the military and went and lived, you know, pretty much all over the United States. There's the only place that I, don't think I lived was up in the Pacific Northwest. So, but everywhere else I, in the, within the United States, I never got to go international, but that's okay. I'm not bitter about that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Shell is all my friends. They got to live in Germany and other places, but we kind of moved around a lot. And my husband is originally from Oklahoma. I'm from Colorado was transferred here. So we thought, well, that's okay. Texas is, is a nice place. I, we've lived here before, you know, it was, it was easy to come back to and kind of make it our home and we're close to our original home. So, so it it works out really great. Um, We love being in Texas. I like hearing that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that you publish every missing girl, what's, What's beyond every missing girl? Are you doing more Kendall Beck stuff or is there something else you're, you've been tingling with? There's, you know, it's, it's funny because in, in writers' minds, sometimes you think, oh, I'm going to write this next book. And then another idea comes in and it gets in there and it really embeds in there to me <laughs> and it makes it impossible to concentrate on another one. So I'm kind of toying around with a lot of different stories, maybe some new characters, you know, we'll see that I, I would love to write more Kendall Beck books. So I would imagine that there will be some more in the future. How many more? I don't know, but you know, yeah, I would expect <laughs> some more Kendall Beck because I do really enjoy writing her. She's a lot of fun, but there's lots of other types of 
books. I'd like to, there's a few psychological thriller standalones that are rattling around in my brain. So I'd like to give those <laughs> a try and, uh, and see where I can go with those and maybe a couple other, um, new characters with series that I'm, I'm thinking about. So it's all a process. Okay. Well, I'm <laughs> glad that you're doing all these crime thrillers. I feel like you are going to become like the queen of the crime thrillers. I think this is fascinating. <laughs> I hope so. That would be great. <laughs> so Leanne, where can we get your books? So you can get them everywhere. And the easiest place to do that is on my website, www.leannekalesparks.com. There's a link for everywhere that you could possibly want to buy it from. Um, if you want to engage me on social media, I'm everywhere. I have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and all of the links to follow me on those are also on my website. So my website is everything. Just go to my website and you'll find, like the you'll hub, find more hub. out about me. You get to see cute pictures of uh, my dogs and my grand dogs. <laughs> so they're on there too. <laughs> so that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> I want to say thank you for coming by today. Crime thriller books are so, so fun for me. And I, I that's usually my go-to genre. Any last minute thing you want to say before we go today? Thank you for having me. It was, it's thank been you. great. I love coming and talking about my books and, and writing and, and the whole process. It's, it's a lot of fun for me. It's not, doesn't even feel like a job most days. So it's, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good time. <laughs> Um, but before we go, any publishing tips or any publishing stories? I meant to ask that earlier. <laughs> well, so I, I was actually pretty lucky with this. Um, I know that people have got stories about where they, you know, even J.K. Rowling, how she tried to get published for years and years and years. I, I lucked out a little bit. I found a agent pretty easily. And then she hooked up with Cricket Lane and my editor really liked the Kendall Beck stories. That part was good. I think the most important thing that that you can do as a writer is read, like I said. But after you've written it and after you think you've got it to where it's perfect, send it off to an editor. Have some <laughs> somebody who knows what they're doing edit your book because they don't have an attachment to your book and they're just looking at it with fresh eyes and they know hopefully if you find somebody that's really good in your genre that knows what they're doing they can really assist you with where your pitfalls are in book one the original version of that I sent it to a freelance editor before I shopped it around and the entire first three or four chapters were brand new because she said, don't start where I had originally wanted to start. She's like, you can't start there. It's too, it was too much, too much up front. So yeah, it was kind of this storyline. And that's another book that where that storyline came in and it kind of changed the ending of the book for me. So yeah, so that'd be another thing. Just go with it. Just if, even if you're a super uber plotter and and you've got a plotting, just go for it. Just take, let, let the story take you where it needs to go. That's so strange sometimes to hear that others like take off like a bunch of things that's already been written a book, even like 30, 40 pages of things. That's so, that's so odd to us as readers. Yeah. <laughs> we we yep. just imagine, you know, you guys write the story and then it's done and it becomes a book and we're ready to to devour it, you know, instead yeah. of all the anguish you have to go through, of course. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Many edits, many edits. <laughs> I mean, we hear that, but we're just, as readers, we're just like, okay, that's great. 
Just give us the book. Yeah. You just, you don't need to know that either. It's, it's just, you know, write the book and let me read it. And that's really all. That's your job. Right. Read the book and and tell us if you enjoyed it or not. (laughs) And I love saying how, like, you know, you go through all these plot points, all these edits and all the sleepless nights, maybe. And then we're Mm -hmm. like, I read it in two days. Can you (laughs) give us the next one already? (laughs) Readers these days are very voracious. And so, um, yeah, it's it, it it amazes me sometimes when you walk into like a Barnes and Noble and you see the the thriller and mystery section and there's so many books and so many different authors. But then right. you think most readers go through these within you know two three days, so there needs to be a lot. So there's right. a, there's a lot of material out there for people, and I would encourage people to not just read the popular authors. Absolutely. I'm a big supporter of indie authors for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> read read some some less than popular or people you've never heard of before, um, because sometimes they just don't have the marketing budget that these big publishers have. So they can't exactly. get their their books out in front of everybody. And that's why I hope they listen to shows like this so they can be exposed Absolutely. to amazing authors like you. So, but yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what, uh, as authors, that's what we really appreciate is, is people mm. like you giving us a, a chance to get on and talk about our books and, and open up a new world for readers. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I want to say thank you for coming by today and tell me about your world. Tell me about Kendall Beck and what she goes through and your writing process. I hope you come back to talk to me when you have another book out. Absolutely. Just especially even if you write about Kendall Beck's more, because I think she's a fascinating character. But I'm going to let you go and have a wonderful day, Leanne. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate Bye. it. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. Please continue to support indie authors and indie bookstores. And if you would love to support Tell Me About Your Book podcast, you can certainly do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash tellmepodcast. For a price of a coffee, you can support monthly for just $5. There's other tiers too in the memberships, and you can look at all the info about it, and I would certainly, certainly appreciate it. And of course, there's the other podcast, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where Caddy and I talk all things book and about her cats too. See you then.